Hi, this is Jackie Tantillo, and this is Should Have Listened to My Mother. Before I introduce my guest, I wanted to let you know that you can hear Should Have Listened to My Mother on the radio at KPPQLP Ventura, which is 104.1 FM, and also on capsmedia.org forward slash radio. Big thank you to Elizabeth and all my loyal listeners in the Ventura, California listening area. I'm very excited to introduce my guest. I've heard her say, I was raised by hippies. <laughs> she hosts a radio show of her own in Seattle, Washington, and you could hear it on Thursdays at noon Eastern Time on KKNW, which is 1150 a.m. She's got a positive and calming effect on me, just a breath of fresh air, and she's great at helping others. Marie Manucheri, welcome to Should Have Listened to My Mother. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jackie, for having me on your show. Just to hear someone talk about spirit guides and <laughs> and right? all the different energy work that you do. You're an author and a speaker and a medium. It just, especially this time in our lives, it it's such a pleasure to break away from all that and still believe in life. Yes, it, it is. You know, yeah, this is, it can be a challenge. I mean, there's always challenges in the human you know, realm of earth. But it's not often that we're all facing similar challenges at the same time. Yeah. So please tell us your mom's name. Her name is Patricia, and um, her married name is Wampler. Her given name um, is DeGrange. She's still with us on Earth. She'll be 84 this year. Wow. And uh, uh -huh, she lives... Um, on one of the San Juan Islands, so, you know, about two to four hours, depending on traffic, um, away from myself and um, one of my brothers. And is she of sound mind and body? Well, she's a little confused these days, <laughs> but overall, yeah, she's, you know, when I spend time with her, which isn't often, Lopez, where she lives, um, has been blessed to not have a lot of virus. And so, you know, for a lot of reasons, we're staying away. Um, but I did see her in the fall because she had to come over here for a medical procedure. And she was just so happy to have all of her children in the same room, didn't care what the reasons were. And one of um, one of my siblings is missing, actually. But she was just delighted, you know, that we were all there. Um, and she was happy and giddy. And she's a very positive person, Um when things are challenging, she definitely becomes very positive, which is really nice. And that's what you experienced growing up as a child. She well, was, was very positive. Kind of a comp well, she definitely was. Like I would say like she had her own stresses and struggles. She was a single parent of five kids, and we were all a year apart. And my parents divorced when I was seven, and I'm the oldest of seven. So, I mean, a five. So it was complicated for sure, sure and a stress for her. But when things were challenging, she would, you know, everything's going to be okay or it's going to work out better than we think. You know, she would um, ignore maybe even her own voice in her head and, uh, and do her best to be positive, which was um, very nice when she did that. You mentioned the Grange, your mom's given name. Tell us about that, please. 
so my um, my grandfather uh, was French, or I, I think it was my great grandfather was French, and um, he actually married a Native American. So my mother was born in Oklahoma, and my great grandmother was a Cherokee Indian. So um, my great grandfather whisked my great grandmother off of the reservation because she was living in the reservation in Oklahoma, and. Um, so my mother was born in Oklahoma because that's where her family stayed for a while. And then a lot of the family moved to Idaho after that. And oddly enough, a lot of my intuitive abilities, my family believes, came from my mother's side. And my great-grandmother was a healer. And when she and her husband um, lived on a farm in Idaho, they would um, trade healing work for individuals. So people would come on the weekends to work on the farm, and then my great-grandmother would do healing work with them. So um, so a lot of people believe that all of the things that I experienced come from my great-grandmother. And are you the only one of the siblings that has gone in this direction with your energy work and your medium work? And I, I am. I do believe all of my siblings are very intuitive. My grandmother, um, she was so intuitive, my mother's mother that I think she drank alcohol to hide her intuition. And when my uncle Leroy was in World War II, uh, and no one had heard from him for months and months, you know, not like today where you could actually communicate with people potentially, right, no matter where someone is in the world. But my grandmother asked my mother to set the table because Uncle Leroy was coming home that night. And my mom thought, what is she talking about? And she said something to her mother, and her mother didn't like her comment and kind of yelled at her and upset the table for Leroy. He's coming home tonight. And sure enough, they all sat down to dinner, and Uncle Leroy knocked on the door and was home from the war. So uh, our family has a very strong psychic pulse, if you will. Um, my father studied the Kabbalah and astrology, so it's on both sides of the family. But I'm the one who's I would say most grounded in just normal life, which is really important, I think, for, I, I can't say for all intuitives and psychics, but for me to be really grounded and to be comfortable on the earth and to enjoy my life here allows me to fly off in other directions intuitively um, in a way that creates a fair amount of accuracy. You, you mentioned during one of your radio shows that I was listening to, you're like, I was raised by hippies. Tell us. That's true. <laughs> yeah, Can you true. T- never, tell I us what that was well. like? <laughs> that, that's really, it's true. My, so my parents, who both married each other on a rebound, but neither one of them were allowed to marry who they loved. They, they oh, both man. came from kind of conservative upbringing, and they loved different people. So they married on the rebound. Uh, and when my youngest brother was born, he um, he had spinal meningitis, a viral type, and he was in and out of the hospital for almost two years. And my mother, who was a devout Catholic, went to her priest and said, Marty, which is my dad, my father's past, that was my dad's name. She said, Marty and I are going to use the birth control because we can't have any more children. We still have a sick baby. And of course, the priest told my mother that she would be excommunicated. The priest actually said my father wouldn't be excommunicated, but she would be if they decided to use any form of birth control. And both of my parents left the church at that moment. They left the church. And my mother was pretty heartbroken, I would say, for eight 
months or so. And then she started to read books on spirituality. And uh, our house was covered with all kinds of books. I read um, Seth Speaks as a teenager and uh, many other incredible books on awareness and consciousness. Uh, and my mom uh, basically worked, you know, she worked a lot, but she worked, we had a lot of freedom. We never went to church again after that. And of course, I was quite young. I was probably six when that happened or seven. Um, so yeah, we, we ate food out of church basements, like organic food that was, you know, my mom was very particular because we didn't have a lot of organic food in the grocery store. So my mom joined unique churches so that we could go in and get the food that attend any of the, the services, if you will. Um, except for she really liked the Quaker church, which was really a meeting talking about, um, the future of life, if you will. So she would get our food from there. We would eat organic. She'd pick us to the doctor rarely. We would see Chinese herbal medicine doctors or a chiropractor was our primary caregiver. She reminds me of my mom quite a bit. It's pretty, really? it's pretty great. Yeah. She was Linda. <laughs> <laughs> she was uh, definitely ahead of her time. So we were, she was working on all the alternative energy stuff and the, and the food, the nutritional aspect of life was, was huge. And people would look at us like, what? Brown rice? I mean, you know, and that's not even. Right. <laughs> so she enlightened us in so many ways, let alone our uh, spiritual religious beliefs. But she was just fantastic. It, it's interesting because when one door closes, another one opens. Devastated that they mm-hmm. walked away from the church. I guess we have to trust and believe, obviously, that things happen for a reason. And you know, the whole future of, would be so different for all of you had they perhaps stayed there and didn't, didn't start to study and explore. Right. And I love what you said, too. I, I think you're right. Both of our mothers were future thinkers. They were way ahead of their time. And so maybe the word hippie is misused. We just had so much freedom as a kid, which when I had kids, I reduced that significantly. <laughs> but it's, it's really nice to have a lot of freedom when you're growing up. And I would say, because I've actually never read the Bible, I'm not against religion. I think people need to find their own path and whatever makes them happy. I just think that what individuals need to do if, if their experiences in their churches are not positive for them. They need to take the positive that they like about that and feel comfortable to not take on the things that aren't positive for them. Absolutely. To put something in a box and say that's right for everybody just isn't how the world works. We all have to be on our own path, right? You mentioned that your mom worked. What work did she do? Yes. Well, for for a long time, she worked as an accountant for a window company, but then she studied reevaluation, re- reevaluation of um, counseling, which was um, a future thinking form of therapy, and she became certified in counseling. And so, up until a couple years ago, my mother's had a full time, very busy practice as a counselor. And, um, and she, she, I would say she was didn't know she was ready to retire, but she started to fall asleep with some of her clients. Loved her so much they did not care, but we said, mm, we think you've worked enough, you know, and we're so happy she had a career that she loved so much that um, that she, you know, did it in, until her you know, early 80s. How wonderful so is she, that? Yeah. 
really lovely, yeah. So she um, took care of a lot of people who had a lot of traumas with the therapy that she um, believed in and was taught by their by the founder who created this um, future thinking, at the time anyway, form of therapy. And what is the name again? You mentioned it. Um, Reevaluational Counseling. Harvey Jenkins was the founder. He's now deceased husband for a while. And my mom was taught under him years and years and years ago. Could you tell us the basis of it, just so we all yeah. understand? Yeah, it was a really, um, it was a very cool basis where people were, it was about allowing the traumas out to, to really grieve and to cry and not be ashamed or burdened by repressed emotions. And what I loved about the theory, because my mother taught me at a very young age, is that she believed, and I believe it's true, and it's what I do now in my work, is that illnesses have a lot of it as repressed emotions. You know, that when, because everything's made out of energy, and so when you have feelings that you haven't felt and they get stuck in your body, they can, you know, transform into illnesses as well. And so she, that was I don't know their entire, you know, uh, theory, but that was part of their theory that a lot of the reasons why people couldn't move forward is because they had repressed emotions and they didn't feel comfortable to express them. And you, that's the kind of stuff that you incorporate into the energy work that you do. Right. I, I definitely don't think of myself as a therapist, but I do um, fully believe wholeheartedly that what is creating disease in the body is repressed energy, which is repressed emotions. You were raised by your mom, more alternative uh, vein of thinking, and then you went and took a job as an oncology nurse. <laughs> did she, did she, uh, was she well. upset? Did no, your mom know no. you did that? Oh yeah, she knew. I mean, we've, we've lived, you know, just miles away from each other for um, most of my life. Um, no, she was not thrilled. <laughs> she was disappointed. All my siblings were not happy either at the time. Um, but I didn't choose to work in conventional medicine other than the fact that when I walked into a hospital, I felt enormous joy. I was pregnant with my first child, and I was really nervous about walking into a modern medicine facility because I did not go to modern medicine facilities. And I was living in a small town in Oregon, and the OBGYN did not have a phlebotomist, so he, I had to go into the hospital to get my blood drawn. So I remember the night before, stressed, and so I was shocked when I walked into this revolving door, it was a teaching hospital in Karma Falls, Oregon, that I was filled with joy. Every moment I was there, I was filled with joy. It was a spontaneous feeling that completely overcame me, and every time I looked at any medical device or a white coat or a wheelchair, uh, the joy just expanded. And because I was taught to pay attention to my emotions, I knew that it was extremely important and powerful for me. And so within a couple of years, I started to take um, nursing prerequisite courses, loved them, excelled in them, and ended up being a nurse working in the oncology floor, which I loved. And the, and the interesting thing is I think if people follow their joy, which is never a logical thing, it's not what you think should bring you joy. It's what you feel spontaneously. That's where my psychic ability opened up is on the oncology floor. That's pretty great. You, you, your mom, as well as yourself, you, you're constantly giving to other people. You're constantly feeling what they're feeling. How do you juggle that? Or how did your mom juggle that? 
um, differentiating between her professional and personal side as a mom? It's, that's, a, that's a really good question. You know, my mom and I really didn't talk about that. What I will tell you is that she didn't talk about her clients. She was very hush-hush about them. And so I think when she was done working, she was present. You know, she, she and she had five kids, you know, and she worked at home. So we were always around her. Um, so when she would walk out of her office, she had to, you know, cook dinner and talk to all of us and try to get us to clean the house. You know? Put her mommy coat on. Um, yeah. Um, but I've learned energetically what to do. I've, I've, I've been taught mostly by non-physical beings all, ever since I began to do energy work, um, how to be. And, uh, and I learned really early in the hospital because I, I was very blessed. I told my nurse supervisor what I was experiencing because I was a charged nurse most days that I worked, and I was concerned that I wouldn't respond to a code appropriately if someone were to code on the floor. And I also had a rule that nobody coded under my watch, meaning I would transfer someone to the critical care unit before they coded, or we would have their code status changed. So it was really important for me to do a good job as a nurse. And to my surprise, my nurse supervisor said that I was seeing energy and that I needed to start laying my hands on our patients. So that's how I started doing it. And they let you do it. They let me do it. I was in the right place at the right time. I think when you follow your true, authentic self, the universe just lines up. In fact, on three separate occasions, um, physicians literally wrote orders for me to go do whatever I was doing (laughs) on their patient. Because sometimes they would say to me, could you go in and go do that thing, whatever you do, you know, on (laughs) Johnson? And, and I would say, because if I wasn't doing it, because I didn't have time. You know, as a charge nurse, you have three pagers on your belt. You know, you're busy. You run around a very busy unit. And I would say no, and then they would write the order. One of the oncologist um, physicians, though, was studying energy work at the time. And uh, so she was, of course, we would have fun conversations um, while we would stand outside of different patients' rooms. Not taking things personally, which I think is it's a it's an issue for me for sure, but I think many humans is that what you call yeah. the beings? <laughs> yeah, I call I call the people on Earth humans. That's true. I do call them that. All of us. I think it's huge, and I think it gets in the way. It's so silly. Right. Well, I would go into patients' rooms and I would lay hands on them, and sometimes I would be riddled in physical pain because I was feeling exactly what my patients were feeling. And my guides taught me I needed to run my energy at a much faster rate to calibrate my subatomic particles so that I would have the knowingness that someone was in pain, whether that was emotional or physical, but not have the personal experience myself. And and so, of course, I do teach that to clients and students and, and things of that nature, but Part of it is really learning to be present with yourself. And most people who would listen to your program or mine are empathetic people. They're very sensitive. They're aware. They have a level of consciousness. And to be empathetic means that you have to learn to feel others. That's what creates compassion, right? So empathetic people are naturally compassionate. But the one person that they may not be as as much compassionate towards is themselves. So you there are ways to learn to be in your own body where you get out of your heart chakra. It's a beautiful vortex. It's lovely. It's in the center of the chest. 
but that's where we feel others. And empathic people are notoriously drawn to this one chakra in their body when you have six other primary <laughs> chakras and over, right? and over 3,000 minor chakras in your body. So I always recommend sitting in the pelvis and, and just being aware of what am I feeling? How am I feeling right now? So uh, for all of us who are sensitive like that, we need to be more concerned with what we, we are feeling. It can feel selfish, but it's um, a very freeing and powerful experience to have. I bet. I bet. We all work, we strive throughout our lives to get to that point. So hopefully we're moving in that direction. I'm curious about your mom, the rebound you said before when she married your dad and then they divorced. Did she ever tell you that story of her true love that she couldn't have? Right. She couldn't marry him because he had, he was Hawaiian and he had darker skin. And her, her family was very conservative in that, in that regard. And, um, and this was, of course, a long time ago. My mom was born in 1937, so this was a while ago. And uh, so she was heartbroken. And I don't know my dad's story, but that was my mother's story. She often will even talk about um, her, her first love or the first person she fell in love with. And, um, yeah, so that was the story that happened to her. Did she ever remarry or date anyone when she was raising all you kids? She did date when we were really young, and she never remarried, nor did my father. So neither one of them remarried. Mm. And she didn't date much that I'm aware of um, once I left the house or even probably before that. So I remember when we were quite young, she had some great suitors, I mean, really lovely men, um, but... I think she was a little, um, I think she was enjoying her her single life uh, in, in some ways, and maybe she was concerned about making another, what she considered a mistake, and so she did not remarry. So it was never like, oh, my children need a father figure. Yeah, she never, I never heard her say that. Um, I don't know exactly how she felt about that. She's very strong, so I'm sure she felt that she was able to provide for us, whatever, you know, she thought we needed. She had the bases covered. <laughs> so yeah. what? what's the ratio, boy-girl ratio in your family? There are three boys and two girls. So would she go, were your boys into sports and all that kind of stuff? Was she busy running around your activities or not she was really. you not that kind of parent? Not, I mean, yeah, no, she. they went out into sports. They loved to fish. So they would be, my brothers were outside all the time. They would bring home snakes and lizards and frogs. And and at one point when we lived in this one apartment, we had one bathroom. And my sister and I would go in there to take a shower. And there would be a bathtub full of frogs and snakes. And, you know, like, and my mother adores her boys. I, I think they, I think she loved their and playfulness because they were pretty rowdy and pretty playful, <laughs> and obviously. I mean, at one point, I think they had some hamsters and they got loose and they, they the hamsters um, gnawed holes in the walls and made little houses in the walls. So there was always <laughs> something quite mischievous going on with my brothers, and I think my mother was um, very entertained by them. What would you do? What What would be an activity or a moment where you and your mom would share together when you were little? Mm. Uh, well, 
I remember when I was really little is is her hanging out the laundry outside. This is when we lived in Tacoma, um, outside, of, you know, like a few hours outside of Seattle. And she would have all this fresh laundry hanging out. And my sister and I would play house in the laundry. You know, she was pretty busy. I don't think she had a lot of one-on-one time to spend with, you know, any of her five children, quite honestly. But I, she was always there. You know, so I remember my sister and I would play house, and we'd run in and through the sheets and the pillowcases, and we'd all three be laughing and having a good time. Mm, sounds pretty great to me. It was fun. So are you who you are today because of or in spite of your mom, Patricia? Yeah, I do think my alternative approach to health and awareness and consciousness definitely comes from my mother's um perceptions and her forward thinking, as as you so beautifully refer to it. Yes, absolutely. So when will you get to see her next, do you think? Um, Probably when when COVID, you know, dissipates more or she or I or whoever in the family decides to get vaccinated, um, which my family isn't really modern medicine, so none of us make it back. I don't know what will happen in, in that but when I feel like it's safe for us, maybe we'll all get tested, you know, but probably um, I'm saying, thinking sometime later this year. Well, give her a big hug from me. <laughs> I will. I will. I'm sure our mothers would have gotten along very well. Oh, my goodness. Busy, smart, took care of the essentials, didn't. My mom would go into a confessional at church and she'd be in there for 45 minutes having a theological discussion with the priest. <laughs> and we would be running around the pews laughing and giggling. She would love it. She didn't suffer fools in that respect because she had such a strong belief in what Jesus Christ's mission and message was. And it wasn't about the politics of the church. And that's really beautiful. I mean, how beautiful for her. Um, I'm sure her priest enjoyed those conversations. Well, I don't well. know. I don't know. <laughs> but That's lovely. She, she felt good about voicing her opinion and, and hearing his side of it. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. Marie Manucheri. Yeah. I want to spell your last name for everybody to make sure that they can find you. It's spelled M-A-N-U-C-H-E-H-R-I. Marie Manucheri. Right, Marie? Thank you so much, Jackie. Yes, you said it beautifully. Thank you so much for having me. Thank what you. What a fun show you have. What a beautiful show. And we'll keep listening to your show on Thursdays on KKNW, 1150 AM out of Seattle. It's an hour where you get to gobble up all of Marie's insight and knowledge and energy. It's just such a pleasure to take that break. Thank you so much, and we'll be in touch soon. Okay, thank you, Jackie. Have a great day. If you think you'd like to share your story of your relationship with your mom, you can always email me at Jackie at shouldhavelistentomymother.com. And don't forget, anyone in Ventura, California area, you can listen on the radio, KPPQ, LP Ventura, 104.1 FM, or at capsmedia.org forward slash radio. See you next week on Should Have Listened to My Mother. Mm-hmm.